You get these questions a lot. Where are you from? And what do you do? That's what you get asked, right? Meeting someone new if you're at a party or maybe on your dating profile. So why not just tell the world? We just launched a brand new online store that tells people where you're from and what you do. It has all 50 U.S. states and some countries represented with physical therapist gear at ptpinecast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee. Check. South Carolina PT t-shirts. Double check. Face masks for a Florida PT. Yeah, we got that. Great gear for life, all with your profession and the home state on it. Great gifts for yourself, a colleague, a clinical instructor, a student, all now at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing it live. Uh, before we get started, do want to say uh, thanks to our friends from CBDRX4U.com. That's your CBD store. We had uh, we had a discussion about CBD, what it does to people. Over-the-counter people are taking this stress, sleep, wellness, just taking it because their friends are doing it. Yeah, adults do that too. Adults do it because their friends are doing it. Um, so find out if how is this going to affect your patients in their course in your course of treatment with them. Do you know? Are you 100% sure? Are are you 100% sure? Hmm? Using the Zoom feature like that. Um, find out the ABCs of CBD, CBDRX4U.com, so you can be 100% positive. All right? So uh, let's get into today's episode. I don't even know how to preface this one. We're going to go in a lot of different directions. I like when this happens. We're going to talk and we're going to learn some. I'm going to just follow along and learn some stuff. Let's start today's episode. I'm excited. All right, well, this is John. Welcome to PT Pinecast. A podcast that is, uh, well, great physical therapy conversations on tap. Find us online at ptpinecast.com. We've got our very own store. You can pick up one of these. Our lawyers have asked me to let you know that something very similar to a major soft brand logo, but not a soft brand logo, soft, uh, soft drink logo, very similar to. Uh, gifts for all physical therapists, stuff for your life. Find it online at ptpinecast.com, on the socials at ptpinecast, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. If you have any questions or comments at any time during an episode or you're watching the replay, just drop it in the uh, the comments below. Excited to have tonight's guest. I don't even know where to begin in terms of an introduction with this guy because he just does a lot of cool stuff. Uh, let's bring him on the show and you'll get to meet him too. Let's bring in Michael Fink. Hey everyone! Thanks, welcome Jimmy. Show, man, welcome, welcome. Uh, we get the hard questions out of the way first, Mike. <laughs> very good, very good. What are, what are we drinking? Gin and tonic for these hot summer days. Yeah. Something refreshing. I'll be honest. Uh, never, never did gin until I went to a college reunion, and then one of my buddies was there. He's actually a, he went on to become a judge. Who knew? And he's like, "Hey, I got some gin and uh, lemonade." I'm like, "I don't like gin." He's like, "Are you sure?" And uh, then I had some, and it turns out I like it a lot. It's great. You just got to be careful because there's some of the Christmas tree tasting gin and you want to stay away from that. That's what I didn't like. But he gave me like some of the really good stuff or something because it used to taste like, yeah, chewing on a Christmas tree branch. Yeah, you don't want that. No. Uh, Mike, where are you? Lo- where are you geographically? Where are you? I'm in uh, central Pennsylvania outside of Hershey to mm. home of chocolate. So that's where I yeah, reside yeah. right now. 
I like that. All right, that's the first round. It's brought to you by our friends from Owens Recovery Science. They're a single source for PTs looking for certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. Find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com. Johnny and his team, they travel the country, travel the world, actually. Uh, research, uh, teaching uh, physical therapists how to uh, apply this in uh, clinical practice. With the equipment, you need to do it properly, too. OwensRecoveryScience.com plus their podcast uh, available now on iTunes. All right, so we're going to go all over. That's why I didn't really even give you like much of an intro because we're going to go in a lot of different directions with, uh, with your story. It started, as a lot of my episodes do, being on social media and then coming across someone who's got an interesting story, which is why we bring Mike in. You started out uh, active air for uh, active duty air force. So first and foremost, thanks so much for your service. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, talk to, talk to us about career progression in the military. I feel like every time we have someone on who's done military physical therapy, I ask them this question and I never get the same answer. <laughs> well, I started in physical therapy school and I did it backwards, meaning I completed my physical therapy degree and then talked to a recruiter and then joined the Air Force as an Air Force physical therapist. You know, had I done it differently, I might have uh, done it earlier. So maybe it could pay for some of those student loans that I had. But I oh. uh, started my career out in California, a Travis Air Force base. I uh, was really excited to be out there. I was always an athlete, always an outdoors person, was pretty familiar with weapons and firearms growing up hunting. And as soon as I was in the uh, Air Force, I really had a passion for wanting to be one of those special operators. And I thought, as much as I love physical therapy, maybe this is the time to try something else. So I started that pathway and uh, my commander said, you know, we really hired you on to be a physical therapist. There's a lot of other people that came in to be those special operators. So we're gonna keep you on your physical therapy track. But if there's a chance, we're gonna get you in with those guys. And uh, through kind of luck or just knowledge of my career aspirations, when uh, Operation Enduring Freedom came out in 2003, uh, I was the most forward deployed physical therapist that the Air Force had seen. And I was sent down to Southwest Asia, as we like to call it, or the sandbox. Yeah. And I was and I was put with an international special forces unit. Wow. So, so that was sort of I got my little uh, carrot at the end of the stick without actually being a special operator. But I got to treat them. So so, so, so talk about, uh, when you say international special, uh, sp- like like multiple like I don't want to I don't want to pretend like I know what I'm talking about here. Oh like, yeah. Who, yeah so, who are you working with? Like other countries? Yeah, so I was working with the uh, special forces that were Australian, British, yeah. Danish, Polish, the Americans, some of the uh, host countries that we were in and some of them I'm, I don't know if I'm still at liberty to say because those guys creep in, creep out, never are supposed to exist, but right, right, right. Uh, it was it was a great experience and uh, much respect for those those individuals out there that do that. Wow. Uh, favorite place to go as a, as, as a, somebody in the Air Force? We're international. Like, you know, tell me someplace I'd never been that really like left a mark on you. So one of the places I love are pretty classic places like Germany or France or Belgium. But I really loved a place called Spain, Monroe, Spain. Um, it was just a beautiful place, had a veranda. I actually had one of my first really aha PT moments out there. If I can elaborate on that a little bit. There was about eight Blackhawk pilots that came with me over there, and they had two Blackhawks, so they would uh, four men per Blackhawk. And one of the guys got out of his bunk in the morning and couldn't stand up straight. And I'm a pretty new PT, and they're sitting there saying, hey, if you can't help him, we got to ship him back. And if he can help him, then he goes forward downrange. And uh, at that point in time, I said, well, let me try some of this manual therapy that I was really loving. Put him on a wall in the veranda, did a manual therapy technique. 
He stood up. He was fine. Wow. I, I looked amazing, even though I was sweating inside and my confidence was <laughs> rattling. But uh, that was my moment that I knew like PT can really make a difference. And manual therapy within PT is a skill set that is really important. And you're talking about this is in, uh, you know, early mid 2000s in terms of you being in, in that situation. And now fast forward to 2020, 2021. That's really where the U.S. military is going. They understand not only from a numbers perspective, but look what you just said. If that pilot wasn't able to go forward, he had to go backward. What does that cost? How much time and effort and money went into his training? And now he's where he's got to be and he can't stand up. You were in the right place at the right time. That's that's a win. That was a win. And uh, I'll tell you, it, I think, really gained respect from those other pilots because they were all seven of them were circled around me watching this interaction no with that pressure. one guy. Yeah, no pressure. I was, But uh, they really said, oh, wow. OK, now I see why you are coming with us. Now I can see what you can do. And uh, when I was deployed, I was the bu single busiest provider there just because of all the musculoskeletal injuries that occur downrange. Every time we do an episode on that, that is a consistent thing that we hear from, which is uh, a lot of times uh, the, the women and men in the military, they appreciate it because like you, they recognize like, oh, that PT, that physio is going to keep me going. My body, that's that's this is the thing that uh, it's my moneymaker. This is my career. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah, the men and women, I just have such respect for them. And they don't come to see a physical therapist slightly. I mean, there's some pretty significant aches and pains if they're coming to yeah. see you. And you know, you have to sort of step up your game and get get them back to where they need to be. Yeah. You spent some time near where I, uh, I grew up and where I live now, actually, which is the Hudson Valley, New York, uh, West Point residency. Talk about that. Yeah. So coming out of that deployment, uh, it's, the military is kind of like a snowball. And when one thing happens and if you do a good job and it gets sort of on the radar of the higher ups, they want to give you an, another uh, thing to really boost your uh, rank, boost your career progression. So the West Point Sports Medicine Residency was that. And I got picked up to do that coming out of Travis Air Force Base in my deployment. And I spent two years at West Point. Uh, my biggest uh, award, I guess, or, or accolade to that is I met my wife there and we got married yeah. at West Point, but I really got to spend a lot of time with the cadets, work with the different sports teams there, really hone my sports medicine um, career and knowledge. And it was just a great experience to be an exchange officer there, be in that part of the country and just work with that group as well as uh, start my married life. So it was yeah. all, it was like, it's a place that I'll always treasure. Where'd you live when you were, when you were at West Point? Were you on, were you on the campus? Um, I lived actually in Newburgh, yeah. which is not a great place if you're from that area. Downtown Newburgh is a place that not many people want to hang their hat and say that's where their address is. But um, really on the outskirts of yeah. Newburgh and, and had I lived off campus. They don't have a ton of housing for it. At the time, I was a bachelor officer, so low man on the totem pole. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I grew up in Montgomery, so right next to right next to Newburgh, far yeah. enough away. But uh, but yeah, no, gorgeous place in the in the world is the Hudson Valley. So that's cool. That you you got to spend some time there. I mean, if if you ever if you're ever somewhere north of New York City and you're like, well, you know, you like a little bit of history, West Point campus is somewhere you want to go. You want to check that out. Uh, you you mentioned uh, sports medicine and sports teams. Army is known for recruiting not only really great athletes but also event, you know people who want to become great leaders great in academics. You were involved with the uh, all armed forces basketball team again, overseas in Europe. That had to be an interesting situation. Yeah. So just to tie this in from West point, uh, because I'd worked in that collegiate environment with those athletes, my next duty station was the air force Academy in Colorado Springs. And while I was at the air force Academy, 
that they had a lot of the cadets and new officers that had just graduated that were on the Air Force Academy basketball team to be part of this Armed Forces basketball team. So they said, you have all this sports medicine experience. You've covered tons of teams. Would you be our medical trainer and travel with us as we move through the ranks of the uh, games and through the tournaments? And so they practiced in Colorado. I spent a couple of weeks with them there. We went to Cherry Hill, North Carolina, where they played against the other armed forces branches. Uh, the Air Force won, which is always a great thing for me to tout. <laughs> yeah. And they took the best players from all the different branches and made a combined team, which was the all armed forces team. And then we went out to Belgium to play other military basketball teams from other countries and got to spend time in Germany and Belgium and France and really was gone for a couple months there. And it was just wonderful to spend time in sort of a different capacity, but still wear the uniform and represent the country. Wow, you are painting this whole military PT career like, <laughs> like a pretty solid ride, man. It <laughs> seems like it's legit. Yeah, it, it was great. And actually, uh, I had, um, after my Air Force uh, Academy assignment, I had separated from the military, left the military, that's the term we use, um, to get back towards the East Coast where my family, my wife and I are from. And I always said, if I would have stayed in, I'm sure I would have knocked on another great assignment because it was like a gold assignment after a diamond assignment after a pearl assignment. It's, the luck's got to run out at some point. Yeah. All right. Well, right now, currently, you're the chair at Lebanon Valley College. And that's in central Pennsylvania. You teach at the, uh, the residency programs online with MedBridge, you, you know, live continuing education courses. Um, you know, what do you love about that? I, I love imparting knowledge. I feel so blessed to have gotten the opportunity to be educated through the military. Many instrumental people in my life has give, have given me wisdom and, you know, factual knowledge and experience and given me the opportunity to, to really try and practice this craft, even when I was young and, and inexperienced. And I just want to pay that forward. And I think that coming out of the military, military physical therapists have a lot of autonomy. We have the ability to read and order diagnostic imaging and prescribe from a limited formulary, different medications. And that's something that physical therapists in the civilian world, which I'm now in, do not have the capacity to do, but I feel like I can offer a lot to them. And so um, I've always wanted to educate. I've always wanted to teach. I think that's always what I've been doing at heart. When I look back at my career, I think, I've been at a college or university, either as a student, as a resident, or working at one for most of my life. It's just a natural place to return to. It is my comfort zone. I love it. Great. That's great. Um, all right. So we talked about military. That's a, that's a frequent episode. Yeah, we talked about military PTs. Uh, we talk about people in academics, people who work with students, as you do right now. Where we are about to turn a hard right turn, I don't believe that we've we've actually had any guests do this. Um, you were an author. Now we've had some people write books, but you wrote a children's book. Where, where did this? I did not see that. I did not see children's book uh, in the script here. Where did this come from? So this is. I thought you, your uh, viewers might like to take there a look at this. So this is the physical therapy adventure for the podcast listeners. There yeah, it is. The book. There it is. So. Uh, this was this started this journey really started about six seven years ago and uh, I have four children uh, my oldest is now 13 but at the time she was five and and she had asked me daddy what do you what do you do and I said I'm a physical therapist and she said what's that and uh, I kind of laughed because even individuals much older than her say what's that sure, sure. And 
And I started to describe it. And she said, so you're like a doctor. And I knew she was thinking of a physician. And I said, well, not like what you're thinking. And she said, a nurse. And then she went through some other things. And I said, no, uh, you know what? Maybe I'll just get you a book because that will help. Because I'm obviously not doing a good job explaining this. And I searched the internet and could not find a book on physical therapy for elementary school children. They have a ton of books for like high school kids that want to look at that for their careers or even middle school, but nothing for a really young mind. And so my wife looks at me and she said, you work at a college. Why don't you write one? Isn't that what people in academic do? And I said, they don't write children's books. <laughs> they write something that, you know, their peers esteem and, and really hold in high value, something that's intellectual. I said, not like a kid's book, but I took that and I uh, partnered with students from different departments and the college was kind enough for, to award me a grant to get this off the ground and had some great illustrators, uh, Stephen Campbell. I want to give a shout out to him. He did mu much of the illustrations and pulled the students together to really hone this. And we crafted the first and still to date, the only children's book that is geared towards elementary school children. That's fantastic. I mean, I love I love the fact that you also uh, went to your inner academic, which is like, hey, how do we get more people involved in this? How do we make this a project? And how can we make more? You know, how can we get more hands and, and more eyeballs on this? Um, so without ruining it, because of course, people are going to rush to Amazon. They're going to buy the book. Of course, we'll share the link uh, online at the other uh, show notes of this, uh, this episode. Uh, what's the overview? Like kind of give us, you know, the movie trailer version. OK, so there is the main character. And the main character's name is Sammy. Now, my daughter's name is Samantha, so that was sort of a play on words. And she was the originator of this idea um, and has a good friend named Buddy. He gets injured, and the kids at school begin to ask him about physical therapy. The other animals in school begin to ask him about physical therapy. And he basically says, let's go on a field trip. And they go on this field trip, and they look at all the different places a physical therapist would work and what they do and how they can help. And it really teaches them through this journey as they go through in a kind of fun and assuming way that by the end, they really have this good appreciation for now I know what a physical therapist does. Now we know all the different places they can work and how they can help. And I've had many readers that are adults read this to their children and say, you know what? I actually learned what a physical not, therapist not, really not. does because I had them boxed into this finite little box that I thought this is yeah. all they did. So your book, I feel like I feel like Sammy's Physical Therapy Adventure really is more show than tell. I feel like we we might tell a lot, but you actually added the and I and I referenced this in some communications talks that I give. Why do we why do we lean back on fairy tales when we teach children something? Well, number one, it's a story. And I tell people all the time, I don't care what you're talking about, how high level that you're going to deliver it. Make sure there's some there's a story somewhere in there. And plus, right now, if I said to you Three Bears or Little Red Riding Hood, you remember the story and you remember the lesson, right? Don't touch other people's stuff. Three Bears. Don't talk to strangers. Little Red Riding Hood. So yours was very much show and tell, which got to show all the places instead of just, well, I could list all the places a PT could work, but then you're going to forget it. You did it in a story, which now made sure people understood, liked to read that and understood it and likely will. Here's the magic part. Remember it. Right. And uh, I'll tell you, it really blossomed off of there um, because I have to tell a funny story. My, my daughter will love this is I had the, the proof of the manuscript um, right. laying on a table. So just the black and white pages, it wasn't even color, all the black and white pages there with the text below it. And I come down and I see her laying on the ground with a box of crowns and she's just coloring it. And I'm oh, like, God. 
and, and I couldn't get mad, but I was like, that, that's my proof. Like this was my one, co one copy that I had. And now I had it digitally, obviously, but the one printed copy that I had. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm coloring it in. It looks so boring, black and white. <laughs> and I said, oh, I said, right. what, what else would you like to see in it? And she said, you know, it would be cool if there were some games or something in it too. So that actually, I'm going to just turn away for a second to grab yeah. something else. That actually became the invention of the coloring and activity book. Of course, that, it is. <laughs> that came off of that, and it was because she was coloring my uh, my proof that I had, and I thought that's brilliant. If this is geared to children, I should be watching my best, uh, you know, person right here is going to tell yeah. me what they want, and so that was my daughter at five. You went right to the audience, and you and you paid attention, and you adapt and pivot. I had no, I didn't know about that. You had yeah. the you had the extra edition. That's fantastic. Well done. So when did that come out? People can find it online. It is on Amazon. When did it come out? And like, you know, what, what, what have you learned from it? Yeah. So it originally was published in 2014, both the um, coloring book and activity book, as well as the English version of the book. Um, over the course of the next five years, that book has been translated into about seven or eight different languages. Crazy. Um, you know, uh, I actually had an opportunity to speak on a whole different top, a whole different thing in, uh, Taiwan. And I met a Taiwanese physical therapist who, uh, put it into Mandarin. And so wow. a lot of the translations are actually by physical therapists in other countries or they're native to other countries and they are physical therapists here, but they're from other countries. And so, um, it's now really blossomed to a point where I could have never imagined and and really gotten international. And I have to say one thing that's really funny is one of the largest markets for this book is physical therapy therapists that are new moms that have, uh, it's, it's like, it's become like the um, full circle. But yeah. Like the baby shower book for a physical therapist. Like, here you go. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, it's more, I go back to this. It's more show than tell. And I think this, this can teach us, anybody listening a really valuable lesson which is focus on the story and people will number one it's easier to digest and number two the goal of communication isn't for me to say something that mike hears the goal of communication is to lead to understanding and a story again if i just said you know uh you know three blind mice you know the theme you know the reason there so putting it in a story form i bet you kids that are reading it now moms and you know reading it to their kids right now they're going to remember that down the road. It's just, it just leads to understanding. They, they, yeah, it really does. And one thing that you'll see sort of as the theme that you're trying to knit throughout my career, because it is hard lefts and hard rights all over the place, is really seeing a need and then overcoming fear to try to meet that need. And, and I want to say that like that, because I think there's a lot of physical therapists and a lot of professionals in other professions that see something but they never take it to the next step. They never, they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of not knowing how to do that. I wasn't an author, but I knew there were people out there that could help me. And I just wasn't afraid to ask questions and, and ask for help. Like, here's what I want. Like, I just need to find the people to help me do this. And you'll, yeah. and that's been with everything. There's yeah. always people out there and there's people there that want to help. Sure. And um, I've helped many other people with things that they want to do, um, you know, because of my connections with things and, I don't want to keep everything close to my chest because yeah. there were people that, that helped me every step of the way of my career and continue to help me. And I want to pay that forward too. 
I love that. A lot of lessons in there. Take that leap, but look for the people, right? Fred Rogers was was famous. Mr. Rogers was saying, uh, famous, look for the helpers, right? He said his mom explained this to him. Whenever there's something bad happened, look for the helpers. In most situations, there's someone out there who knows more than you, that's given, who probably wants to share that. Like they probably want to give that away. They probably want to, you know, partner with you or, or, or teach you. All right. So, we're talking about military PT background. Yeah. We took a hard right to children's book author, <laughs> translated into a bunch of different languages, still yeah. selling today. We're going to make another hard turn. You jumped into like creating actual products, mobilization belts, stretch straps, actual products that you know patients and people and PTs will use. Where did that come from? <laughs> so that I, I can yeah, I feel like I'm in an infomercial. I'm like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> wait, there's more. So I can actually pinpoint the exact time that that happened. And that was actually in my deployment. So when we're downrange, when I was deployed, there were some things that I needed and most everything I didn't have. So these two things, my hands, were the things yeah. that really helped more than anything. I didn't even really have a treatment table. I had what we call a litter, L-I-T-T-E-R, that sits right. on an, a frame like an X and you put it on there. That was my table. And really to do a lot of the manual therapy, I needed a mobilization belt. And they're really... Up until this point, there were only two types of mobilization belts. I'm not going to name the brands, but the blue nylon one, and then there's the brown one that has a seatbelt buckle with a pad. Right. Um, and you know the brown one, you can't really wash because the seatbelt buckle, what's that going to tumble around in the washing machine and just gets funky? And the blue nylon one really wears out really quickly. It looks like a, I say cooked bacon after about like three months of use, and you just keep buying new ones, and you can't really dry them, and you get mildew and all that stuff. So um, when I was down there, I sort of needed something and I thought there's got to be something better, especially in this humidity. Um, there's just got to be something better out there. And I've always kind of kept that in the back of my mind, but using the products that, that were existing. And then finally, I decided once I had got out in the military and had a little bit more time and a little more freedom, I said, you know what, I'm going to pursue this because in that six or seven years, nothing else came to market. And I'm like, really? Nothing else came to market in seven years? Like, is this for real? And so again, didn't know anything about textiles, but I knew what I wanted. And I just reached out to people that knew more than me. And I said, here's what I want. And I had a list and I was really unwavering in what I wanted. Um, I was really conscious. I said, I want this to be made in the US. I'm a you know military veteran. That's really important to me. And so, um, yeah, we started developing uh, these uh, mobilization belts. It started with that. And I uh, here's, here's what they look like. It just, and, and uh, so that's just a belt like this. It has a buckle, but it's really what the fabric is. That's really important. Um, you can wash these, bleach these, you can dry these and they look as great, you know, five years from now as they do the day that you buy them. And it really holds up well. It doesn't fade. Um, and I did some things pretty differently and it just, it just started to grow. And uh, without taking it too far is, I just kind of met the demand. I had just really created this mobilization belt. And then people started raising their hand. They said, hey, can you make those in different lengths? Because I'd really like that as a um, gate belt or a transfer belt. I said, sure. Then people said, hey, do you have any other colors? So I have the ability to put anything on these belts with picture quality designs. And I said, sure, you know, give me a picture. I'll put it on there. And it started to be fun. And then it started getting into the pediatric realm. And then People wanted to start to brand them. And so now I I do branding and customization. And it really was just me kept saying, 
yes and then me thinking how am i gonna do this say yes first though right <laughs> say yes first and then figure it out like run really fast and be like how are we gonna make this work there's gotta be a way there's such a great parallel between the two stories that i just picked up and maybe you have but i hope the audience does which is from what your daughter was doing with your proof to what you did with the belt like you were your daughter saw the book and was like you know before you woke up or whatever that morning where she's in there coloring of course on your proof um but she saw something and she said this isn't good enough and i'm going to change it and then you did the same thing with those belts you're like here's a two belt we got option a and b right we got pepsi and coke not good enough i'm going to make my own those two things to me stand out as being very similar which is like i see something i don't like it i'm going to change it yeah, and that's exactly what I did. And, and, um, and the clinic where I do my clinic day, I still work in the clinic one day a week. Uh, they said, yeah, whatever you do, bring it in. We'll try it. We'll test it. So I tested it for a good solid year and made some adjustments to the prototype before I ever really rolled it out to the market because, you know, that's my reputation. That's my name out there. Sure. I, if it, I want it to be something that I would use and feel safe in anybody else's hands. And so um, they were really great to do that and, and be willing to do that. And I would ask the patients, Hey, what do you think? What do you like about this? And I would get feedback from all different people. And uh, I, I really value that. I think a lot of people wanted to see me succeed in this. They were, they were sort of rooting for me. Sure. And, uh, that was really kind of nice to see too. Like they weren't all, oh, yeah, just, you know, this is, this is worthless. We already have a couple things that we use. We're not even going to give you the time of day. I well, think they were wanting to help. You focus on the audience, right? So you were the audience and you were saying like, this is good, but, like, you know, that yes, and that yes, but like, how come there isn't this? Or, you know, I can't throw this in the wash and I want to wash it. So you went from the audience perspective. And again, you know, we've got the link in the show notes uh, for that pearlperformancebelts.com. Um, I, you know, good on you for seeing something, not liking it and then taking a shot at it, man. And uh, Jimmy, let me tell you, you know, I could have never envisioned that we'd be living in this environment of COVID. Yeah, I could never envision that we would clean all of our equipment after every patient touch and right. so much. I tell you, this has become like the mobilization belt, the gate belt, because this has been so easily to disinfect and wash. I, it was like it was perfect timing for all this to come into for you. to uh, market. So it's been really a, a really fun ride. I've been enjoying it. That's a cool journey. And, you know, you just kept you just kept going. I, I love that. Again, pearlperformancebelts.com. Uh, um, Mike, I love your journey because you're bringing different weird in and obviously someone who brought a little weird into the profession. I think the more weird we can bring in, the more outside things we can look at, take a, take a look at and say, hey, how can I adapt this? Or what what influence can I put 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 on this? Which is there wasn't a book. I created it. There wasn't a belt that I loved. So I created it. Good on you. All right. We have a tradition on the show. Are you ready, Mike? We're doing three questions. All right, very good. All right, three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing, fusionmedstaff.com. Find them online there, leaders in hashtag travel PT. Uh, you're free to move about the country with your PT or PTA license do that especially uh in 2021 things are a lot of a lot of opportunities opening up uh find out what they have available with job transparency they're not gonna hide things here. they're not gonna make you jump through a bunch of hoops they're gonna tell you exactly what they're looking for 
and uh, what you can get out of it. So find them online, fusionmedstaff.com. First question for you, Mike, is a where question. You're in central PA now. You've gone all over the country, all over the world. But if there's somewhere in the 50 U.S. states, we'll stay in the U.S., that you can't wait to, uh, to go visit or go back to, where would that be? I'll tell you, it's a place I've never been, which really surprises a lot of people because I have been in many, many of the states in the U.S. It's Montana, like a destination place. And I'll tell you, I love hunting. I love hiking. I love the outdoors. I would love to learn how to fly fish. I think that would be great place to learn and um, be off the grid, so to speak, a little bit. I I would love to spend some time in Montana. I would love to look at some rural health care or just spend there not even working. But if I was working, I think I could really enjoy that. It would almost be like a inter-U.S. deployment. <laughs> it's a big sky country up there in Montana. Great. And where there are people, they need PTs, as you've uh, yeah. as you've uh, shown us. Uh, FusionMedStaff.com is where you can find uh, Fusion to find out where you can take your career. Second question is a what question. Yeah. What's something you've read or listened to or, or watched, a book, a movie, a podcast, something, anything, PT or non-PT related, you think the audience would get value from? Oh, this one's an easy one. I'm a military guy, so of course I'm going to go a little bit military. But it's the um, 2014 Admiral McRaven's uh, commencement speech where he talks about make your bed, do the little things. You know, he talks about the, the Smurf crew for the SEALs. And I just love that speech. It's one I actually reiterate in so many different ways to my kids. You know, it's usually with like, make your bed, get these things done. I just think that's an inspiring speech. Yeah. Like every time I listen to it, I'm like, where's the recruiter? I'm going back in. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah, we'll put the link to that one. That's a great speech. Just pay attention to little things. The big things will take care of themselves. It's really a, a, a sentiment that's uh, reiterated there. Uh, last question on three questions is a who question. Who is someone the audience should know more about? Uh, so, you know, this may, uh, it, it would be my wife, you know, uh, my wife, I hold up on a pedestal. Um, she's been incredibly successful in her own right. Uh, we could, that could be another podcast. She's not a PT, but uh, she's been successful in her own right. She supports me in everything that I do. Um, sometimes, you know, we all have our insecurities. We all have things that sort of make us a little nervous. And she's the one that, that quells that and just says, points back to where I've trod and said, hey, you can do this. Like, you know, anybody can. So, so it's my wife, Heather. So shout out to Heather. Thank you, hon, for always being there, always supporting me. You're the one that I put on the pedestal. Well done. That's three questions. Again, fusionmedstaff.com. The last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. Parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org, the leaders in orthopedic physical therapy. Who who better than orthopt? Uh, current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy, really that roadmap, that guide that's going to get you from where you are, no matter where that is, to where you want to be. If, if you're thinking about that OCS examination, a lot of people are sharing in the last couple of weeks that they passed their OCS. So congratulations to those as well. So again, orthopt.org. Parting shot, Mike, your last chance for just a mic drop moment or a sentiment you'd want to leave with the audience with. Stage is yours. So you're all physical therapists and even maybe careers that help physical therapists. You are so creative with what you do with your patients. You have ideas and those ideas 
can really change people's lives. You just need to act on them. I encourage you to face those fears, step out of your comfort zone, meet with people that can help you realize those different things. Uh, physical therapists, I believe, can really just create many things that can improve people's lives. And, and you have the ideas here. We just need to get it to fruition. So I encourage you to do that and to overcome those fears. Well said, Mike. Uh, love you just sharing a snapshot of your journey. I mean, you've made you've had so many hard rights and hard lefts. I think this highlights all the different places that PT as a profession can go and should go and needs to go. I think it'll only improve our society, our profession, the people we get to serve. Uh, thanks for doing all you all that you do with uh, with with belts and straps and books and uh, and helping our our service members. Thanks so much for uh, for stopping by and just telling us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, and thank you, Jimmy, for all that you do. I mean, you're really getting the voice of PT out there. I all the different topics that you've done since really this started in 2015. Um, you are such an influence in this profession and really getting that word out. And I appreciate that. My hat off to you. You're doing a fantastic job. All right, man. Well, come back soon. I, I you know what? My my guess is you're going to do something that's going to make another turn that's going to re, that's going to uh, require you to come back and tell us about it. Probably. I don't sit still very easily. <laughs> Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.